You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. There's the encoder. And we good. Welcome. What's going on? This is the one and only IT and the D show, episode 377. We are broadcasting live from our quarantined homes. This is Bob the Sales Guy. That is Dave the Geek. Randy, I do the Twitters, is doing the Twitters. You can find us online, ITinTheD.com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Yeah, and uh, kind of feeling like a bit of a broken record at this point, but uh, yet yeah, no, no, no on the events. We're not, we're not I, doing. I guess we can do events at Top Golf. I heard there's like a waiting list. <laughs> someone, someone said it's packed, and I'm like, no, it's not packed. Like then I see another post that it's packed, and I'm like, come on. So then I were they were they selling three wick candles for nine ninety nine? That's the only reason to go to Kohl's, right? Three wick candles, nine ninety nine, line around the building. Uh, that's Bed Bath and Beyond, sir. Whatever. <laughs> it's all the same shit to me. Randy, why um, why are you dressed to match your background tonight? What's what's going on? Oh, he totally is. <laughs> what? That's his uh, that's his famous shirt he bought at Meyer that he had to brag about on Facebook. I got a new shirt. Like he's like a like an eight year old. Like, it's my first day of school shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we are uh, we are joined tonight uh, by John Hartzell. Uh, for those of you who do not know John, um, shame on you. Uh, John is one of the owners down at Detroit Shipping Company, uh, where we have our downtown studio, and he has a lot of other projects going on. So wanted to get John in, uh, kind of to talk about some of those pro- like what it's like trying to launch new projects during all of this chaos, um, as well as keep something existing afloat during all of this chaos. Uh, so hey, John, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me, guys. So I guess I, you know, let's like, let's let's start with the easy one, uh, or probably not the easy one. Like what uh, what what all? And, and I feel like this is a like a total softball because I know the answer. But like what all have you been doing? Because I mean, but people familiar with Detroit Shipping Company that is absolutely a you know food hall kind of everybody you know community tables and you know dancing nights and and all that kind of stuff. How's that going? <laughs> Right. What 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 a, what a, what a change a year has made. Right. Um, a place that generally has live music, as you say, constantly running events, constantly having buyout parties, bachelor parties, you know, different work parties, things of that nature. Going from a 600 person standing room only Friday and Saturday and Sunday location to everybody has to dine outside, and you hope to get the 120 people, which is still an amazing number of people. Yeah. They're willing to go outside and cold mug it, right? Um, I mean, obviously, starting through the beginning of COVID, where we all got hit with, you know, what when you know the week that that happened, we were shutting down. I think on the Sunday she announced, or Monday, right? We had a meeting with all the restaurateurs um, and just kind of had, had the Friday talk. And, and, and as you guys know, because you're there and you guys are, you know, mm-hmm. in tight with everyone that's there. We have a spectrum of business owners from far right to far left. And so that, that phone call what was amazing where I just was mediating to saying, you know, you're, you're all correct. Nobody's wrong and how you feel about what's coming. And like, come, like we had to make a decision come that Monday where we're going to close because uh, part of our group socially felt like we should just close, but the, the governor hadn't shut it down yet. And the other part of the group was just that gung-ho, we're going to fight through this and go, go, go. 
And so I was just stressing out all weekend. And this is ridiculous, but you, you know, I always think about when anyone, anyone asks, what's the most uh, interesting moment in um, history to you? And it's uh, thinking about, um, you know, Kennedy is sitting there uh, sending, you know, a fax out to the Russians at the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. right? And, and the stress of, of writing every letter and every decision <laughs> in that moment in the fate of the world. And I'm just sitting there stressing out about opening ship, closing shipping companies. Right? <laughs> Like Like in the the grand scheme of things, yeah. (laughs) The greatest gift ever was Whitmer just saying you're shut down. Like, thank you. It's not my decision. Right. So so grateful. Well, and I mean, and a lot of the places there have done a pretty good job with a uh, staying relevant and 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 keeping themselves like fresh and all that kind of stuff. I've seen a lot of menu changes, um, you know, shifting to to go orders. Um, I know Chef Max has been really big on uh, hitting catering, uh, you know, for local businesses and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, and I know, uh, you know, unfortunately, Motor still isn't open just because I mean they're you know based out of Windsor and so that's a challenge. Um, and I know Brujo has closed and been replaced by. Um, the halal uh, street food place, which hands down has the best euro I've had, and I can't tell you how long. No, uh, well, you know, it, it, it didn't close down. They just changed the, chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so actually, in a, in a positive of, of the COVID, Chef Petro, you know, his his plan when opening uh, Brujo was to uh, get back in the city of Detroit, uh, you know, and push his brand as a chef. Right. So he, he originally was from Chicago, came mm-hmm. to Detroit and opened Texas State Brazil. Then from there, opened up his bistro uh, in, in Berkeley, Republica. Yep. Right. And, and then and then spent five, six years in the suburbs and wanted to be back in the city. And it, there was no better way than, you know, that small setting of Detroit shipping company to really launch his brand, which led him into, you know, the head of Dean at a hotel. Which really I was like, yeah, no, he's, due to, he's you know, working with Athenium now. Yeah, so it, it was actually perfectly showcasing what Detroit Shipping Company is supposed to be. So I guess let, let's talk about the other stuff that you've got going on. So this, uh, the, I, I, Bob and I are, are lightly familiar with the uh, the pains and suffering of, of the brewery world. Um, so you've got this uh, little biscuit thing going on. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, actually, you know, for a while now since I opened Detroit Shipping Company, operators right uh, guys like you guys like like chef uh, man and patch boy beef we've always kind of like geared towards who the operator is the quality of the operator but the person not the business and the business is second because mm-hmm. you know, you're only as good as the people who, who work there and the guys running it um and on that note so we started looking at, at other developments in the city of detroit and i wasn't necessarily looking to develop a brewery but one of the best uh, sales and distribution guys in, in town who hasn't left his business yet. So I don't want to announce his name, but, but right. he kind of came and said, you know, I've, I've for a long time had a couple of friends and we, we've had a dream of owning our own business. We've been making money for other people for a long time, really about, uh, you know, trying to branch off and have our own business. And so really dove into them and then dove into the brewery business to understand the brewery business and just really, really liked this opportunity. So, from that, and of course, diving through COVID, yeah. uh, you know, we we're launching the brand of Little Brisket Brewing Company. Um, it's a brewery bought a little building over at Shane Grashit, which used to be Manoni's Market. Anybody uh, from the east side, mm-hmm. um, 
knows that little space. It's funny whenever I meet anyone, they, oh, you know, my grandma used to take me there and everyone just knows that market. My uncle, who is, uh, you know, I used to come down to Pole Town all the time, knows the market. Like everyone knows that little spot. Uh, we were able to purchase that, um, sell that liquor license off, and we're converting the building into a microbrewery. Um, and then we're taking, again, the three guys we feel like are the, are the top in the industry, one in the distribution and sales, uh, top brewmeister, has about 25 different gold medals over the last 30 years of his career. Yeah, it's kind of crazy who's behind this. It's, it's a shame you can't talk about it yet, but it's kind of crazy who's all involved in this. And 100% makes it really hard to fundraise when you can't speak about <laughs> the key people that you backed, right? Like, so excited to bring you these guys. Who are they? These guys. Yeah, yeah just they're, exactly. they're really – well, and the funny thing is, is like people in the know as you read – like if you read through the website, if you read through, like you, you kind of get the vibe <laughs> on who's involved. But you know, plausible deniability yeah. is a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be long till it, you know it, it's announced. And it, it, agreed, it's funny in some of the marketing we're doing. You'll, you'll get a photo, and there'll be someone's car, like the corner of the car in the back of the photo, and it just all of a sudden all these wives are getting angry. They're going to know. Everyone will know. <laughs> They're all going to know in about a month anyway. Right. I mean, just let the world know. So I guess that's, so, you know, so I guess that's the question is like, so what, what stage is this in? Like, are, are people like, is it, is it just getting up and running? Are people brewing already? Like what's, what's going on? Beautiful. Uh, we have permits in hand. Uh, you know, we own the building. We're you know pretty far along on the, on the, on the brew license and, and, and all that piece. A lot of legal, a lot of different pieces put in place. Uh, to get it, all the soft work done. Loan closing is end of this month. Um, and then we're like t- t- kind of tight, tight closing up on our, uh, our fundraising right now on the equity. We did two different types of equity. And it's kind of, it's kind of to, to this conversation. It's what is networking right now? Right. You know, and, and, and hey, your networking isn't what you're looking at it. Be, right? <laughs> we're, lo- we're, we're looking at it and you guys are great. So, <laughs> I've been doing it for a year, right? Was networking. So, you know, I used to just have people out for drinks at Shipco or right. all over Detroit. We were just splunkering around, getting on bikes, checking things out, taking them through neighborhoods, hanging out. Now it's, uh, you know, Zoom meetings and uh, having remote beers. Yeah. You know? um, so we actually, you know, have a traditional equity raise, but then we also decided because of this, let's try a, a crowdfund, uh, you know, which is like a debt raise. So it's, it's a a little bit non-traditional for us uh, allows people to come in for a hundred dollars um, and they can buy in a, 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 in, in a kind of a debt five-year term eight uh, percent on the money it's kind, it's kind of a little different for us but uh, gives people a little safer uh, entry into investing in something interesting better than just sit, you know, keeping your cash in the savings account right what's a bank giving you 0.05 percent right um, you know you, you, buy, you buy a little CD you get three percent if you're lucky this gets you 8% five-year return and, and, and with a really stable group of guys uh, who have a lot of history in business and a lot of history in brewing. That's that's kind of cool. I like that. And, the, and then on top of this, you've also got um, – I don't know if you want to call it the the expansion or the the next step for DSC, which is Complex Four Four Four, which is next door. Yeah, and and this isn't on an equity raise. This one we've we've actually fulfilled our equity raise on that. Um, so building Detroit Shipping Company is kind of uh, the opening for me in the development world, and, and really fell in love with the process. Um, 
really like working with the city. <laughs> really like dreaming. Something. Really, because I've I've seen you banging your head against the wall. Like I, that's that's a that's a goofy kind of love. That's. <laughs> I like I like pain. Um, but we just the neighborhood itself, you know, like in, in, I think we've talked about before. The land we built shipping company on was was grass since 1988. Yep. Right? And the land next to it's the same way. And so we've been just looking at the neighborhood and trying to understand what's what's the next phase of its history, um, what, what would make sense in this space. And so we came up with a 21,000 square foot, three-story building. And the first floor is micro retail, similar to Detroit Shipping Company, except for it's not food, right? It's, right. it's, it's, it's a, sh- a shopping district, essentially, right? And we have, we have some, some great uh, leases already set up. Um, London Beauties, women products. We got the, the standard uh, Detroit Clothier. We got a uh, handful of people. Uh, Casa de Flor. It's a florist coming in. Also a Detroit young girl, mid-20s, first business, rocking things. It's going to be a, a really nice expansion of Detroit Shipping Company. You can hang out at Detroit Shipco, see a band, get some food, grab a beer, walk next door. You can stay inside the building. Don't want to go outside. Your liquor license carries over so you can keep drinking. Walk into the building. There'll be 16 micro retailers. Very cool. Bonbon shopping in. Uh, you can, like, get some clothing spots, uh, some home goods, a lot of different little items. We're also going to be curating a small, like, breakfast, lunch, um, diner style called Charlotte's. Okay. Um, yeah, Haley, the, uh, she was the head baker uh, at uh, Gold Cash Gold. She's oh, okay. Comments, like breakfast breakfast biscuits, breakfast sandwiches, and it'll come into like a little happy hour cocktail space with little pastries. So it'll be an extension of Detroit Shipco's uh, liquor license. You, you can go back and forth, but a little bit better curated, a little, little different, and really more catered towards happy hour and uh, in the shopping scene. So a little nicer cocktail. So if you're going, you know, you and your girl are going to walk around and shop a little bit, she might want a nicer cocktail than what we do at Detroit Shipco. <laughs> so it gives you a little bit of options, right? You know what we do <laughs> So uh, yeah, so you said okay. So you said that's already like funded and taken care of. So how long is this equity thing running for Little Biscuit? So Little Biscuit, we've got about thirty-five more days on the uh, on the debt raise. We've actually secured all the equity equity we need. Okay, and so at this point, we're on, we're on the market just for anybody who wants to be part of something for the next five years. You know, launching a small business in Detroit, and so th- th- there's still opportunity on. Um, honeycombcredit.com and you, you can get in there or you can go through our website and, and get to that uh, app but it gives you it gives you light entry to buy into uh, a business that's launching right not everyone gets that opportunity yeah we've got the yeah we've um, we got those also, links i think i'm sure randy's gonna throw them out oh yeah yeah we're actually because halloween covid worked and it squeezed all of our business we were trying to roll out businesses every quarter this year and now they're all rolling out at the exact same time which is <laughs> really enjoy um but we, we, we also you know have been carrying this uh this business concept called um metropolitan Writers. that's i was just going to go into that next yep beautiful love it so a real good friend from my childhood who again has not left his, his business uh, currently but will be leaving in the next uh, 30 days uh was top buyers in the in the, in the beverage uh world uh, in in Oakland County in, in the Tri County area, messaged me about uh, eighteen months ago and just said, "If you open a liquor store, I'll run it for you." Of course, I responded with, "If you open a liquor store, I'll sponsor you." And <laughs> that led into just this whole dialogue of, 
you know, what, what are you looking for? Cause I really don't, you know, I, don't, I wasn't really passionately looking to, you know, back someone in the liquor store. And we just kind of started getting deeper in the conversation. He mentioned how a lot of the real high end boutique restaurants were coming to his store, driving 10, 15 miles to his shop. Cause he's the only one you know, in, in the area curating the, the items and goods that they were using in their craft cocktails. Interesting. You know? And so I really, I really started diving into who he was, his present community, and just really liked what, what, what he was doing there. And I took his principles and I started thinking about what we have a great shipping company, how we mix different businesses so that you're just not flat with one tier, but you have multiple tiers to protect mm-hmm. yourself in case there's any, any, any pandemics or, or <laughs> changes in the market, right? <laughs> and what's funny is, uh, you know, his industry is outperforming my industry. So, you know, in, in me trying to uh, protect his industry and make it, you know, fail safe, I really look at like right now, you know, it's called uh, off-premise beverages, like plus 300 percent year on year in cash compared to restaurants, which are down 70 percent. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, God, I think we've, we've talked about that over and over and over again, where, I mean, you know, basically liquor stores, uh, dispensaries uh, are, are just printing money right now like that. <laughs> So, so before the pandemic went out, I thought I was a genius. I was like, listen, we'll take your liquor shop on one side, the Metropolitan Variety Store, your high-end curated goods, and we'll put a boutique matching level liquor uh, a bar on the other side. We'll have a glass wall separating it for liquor license reasoning. And on one side, you could walk in and have a really nice curated cocktail. And then you could say, what's in that cocktail? And that bartender would be, again, someone high level. Say, hey, listen, and we've got this, this, and this. Go right next door. You can buy it all at Metropolitan Variety Store. And then two worlds, right? Oh, nice. So we've been planning on and bringing that to Midtown. I had a building on Third Street, and just things didn't move correctly on that. And then the pandemic hit. We were kind of just mulling, where, where's our next place to put this location? We need something that already has density, walkability. And then the Craftwork restaurant came on the market. And we couldn't find something better than that, right? West Village has already got a great community, True. A very loyal, dense walking community. The the space, the location itself has a good following, and people are looking for this. And at the same time, and I mentioned the one player, Haley, earlier from Gold Cash Gold, you know, Brendan Edwards also, the head chef there, they both happen to be free agents on the market since Gold Cash Club closed. Right. And we, we had started talking to them about, uh, uh, you know, backing them because earlier I mentioned how I look for people, not not programs, right? And these are all really the, the top people in, in in their industry and people you can really trust and say these are someone I would get behind you know, all day. So, anyways, craft work popped up. It really started making sense for putting Metropolitan Variety Store one side. I would have a curated, uh, you know, shop. The other side, I'd have the high end um, cocktail bar, and it ended up coming with a kitchen. So I was able to program bringing brendan edwards and haley in to run that kitchen and bar and then my uh, operator on the other side for the liquor shop so we actually just launched today uh, a, a crowdfund on that one as well very similar it's a debt structure you can come in at a hundred dollars that one i love as a concept of this if you've got that person who's hard to figure out what to buy for a holiday Buy him some interest in a, in a liquor store, right? You go for 100 bucks. You could get him a dumb gift card to Target. They're going to blow it on drapes and whatever. Socks. Right, nobody, nobody needs more towels. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So how about you buy them a $100 interest in a liquor shop, right? Now for the next five years, they're getting returns on that. They get invited to cocktail parties. They get invited to, you know, barrel openings and whatnot. It's a lot better gift. 
Thanks, Grandma. Savings bond. <laughs> yeah. That actually is a really good. That actually is a really cool idea. I like that, and I, and I do. I love the concept of, you know, enjoy the cocktail here, and then yep, here's here's your shopping list. Go next, you know, go ahead and walk over there and grab it. That's awesome. Yeah, John. I don't know yeah. if you know my uh, my friend Jason uh, Peltier that uh, ran Clubhouse BFD out in Rochester Hills. Mm-hmm. He opened up his own place called Oat Soda up in Lake Orion. Does kind of does the same thing. Or he has a little shop. Has a real nice, uh, you know, small uh, smaller bar. Um, like, you know, like limited menu, limited bar shop to go. You know what I mean? He's killing it though. Yeah. Perfect. It's a perfect model. Right. Mm-hmm. I absolutely no. you know, a lot of times I, I'm the worst. I don't know how to make a cocktail. Right. So if I can go in there, I can say to the bartender or, or, or the guy that's sort of, Hey, listen, I want to make a cocktail tonight for my fans. It'd be kind of fun. A little holiday party. What do you think? He's going to say, Oh, you know, take this, take this, take this, but go next to the bar, taste it, test it. Tell me if you think that's good. We got, you know, we have blank liquor going on this month. It's bourbon month. Test this. There might be a cool cocktail, but that's exactly what I want. Now I know what it tastes like. I watch the person make it and I go up next door, little buzz so it makes it easier to purchase all the stuff. Um, <laughs> Grab the gear and go home. And, and now I, don't I absolutely watch. need this artisanal, handcrafted, simple syrup. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's, amazing. Right. it's amazing to me how the adult Capri Sun market has just gone through the roof. Oh, the pre-made drinks? Oh, it's amazing, dude. Yeah. Well, God, I mean, you see almost every... I mean, there's so many bars and restaurants. Well, I mean, you know, over here on the east side, uh, what is it? Terry's Terrace? Um, that's like Apparently, that's all their marketing now is their to-go stuff. And it's like, and like some, like, I, I am sorry. I've never seen like a mudslide in a, in a, in a pre-made package before. It just, it, it blew my mind. And I was like, all right, cool. Good for you guys. It's usually in the TGI Friday's half gallon. Exactly. <laughs> you know, our, our office uh, is down in Corktown. So we still have reps showing up just at the office with this different seltzers, like your court is seltzer and. Some kind of sludge, like smoothie booze, showed up in a can the other day. Smoothie from Holmes in Ann Arbor. That is correct. It was a tough. It was a tough drink. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you called it sludge, so I kind of assumed. That. <laughs> well, and so and yeah, on top it wasn't far off. Yeah. Well, and on top of on top of all that stuff you've got going on, you're also tackling here in the middle of a project in Lansing as well. Oh, I love Lansing. You know, we came to Detroit and, uh, you know, fell in love with Detroit. And so was, our original plan was Detroit Shipping Company. And from there, now we're on like Project 4. Um, and, and in that, you know, we're bringing dollars that weren't being spent. We're bringing investment dollars that weren't coming to the neighborhood. So by the time we're done in the next year, you know, I, I should have about $10 million investment in, into neighborhoods in Detroit that had nothing going on. That's awesome, dude. That dude. That's seriously. That's that's a really friggin' great thing. Hey, whenever you want to buy that little slider joint, it's across. Is it across second? I will that's totally right. make. I will totally make burgers all day. When you're ready, Bob. Oh, he's uh, he's yeah, been ready. He's ready to do nothing but stand behind a counter making like sliders. That's all he wants. At the, at the, uh-huh. And <laughs> if and if, get, uh, and if he can serve beer, so much the better. <laughs> well, crazy won't tell it all right. But Lansing, so the same principles in Lansing. So I, I wasn't looking Lansing necessarily. I, I, I know I wanted to do a Detroit shipping company, uh, multiple locations, and generally my plan was four hours away. You know, I, I don't want to overdo a concept. Right, you don't want to oversaturate. Yep, it's special. Yeah. Um, and then randomly, last like the 
the winter semester of college last year before COVID, um, the bond group, uh, which is the graduate study group at U of M, came to us and, and kind of asked if they could uh, use us for a, a project. And the concept was helping us uh, target the next location for Detroit Shipping. So in, in that, we kind of gave them like 18, 19 sites. Some we liked, some that had reached out to us, just random ones. And at the same time, um, the Economic Development Group of Lansing had um, and came to Shipyard and uh, you know, started courting us and asking us if we would be interested in, in their uh, downtown area. So interestingly, through the, the, land, the uh, U of M group, when the study was done, top three, oddly, Milwaukee, biggest drunks in town, love them, uh, Edmonton, and then Lansing, Michigan, number three. Which that's was, that's, that's an interesting cross-section of humanity right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I also started just, you know, engaging in, in touring Lansing and really getting, getting to know that there's, there's an old town, Ario town, downtown. There's, there's the East Corridor down Michigan Avenue into East Lansing. And it was a lot more diverse. There was a lot more culture there, right? It's an in community uh, right. immigration. Um, I mean, just a lot more layers than, than I had anticipated and expected. Um, you have the Lugnut Stadium that has great patronage, about 500,000 annually. You know, the convention center there is another 500,000. So you have 500,000 in the summer, 500,000 in the winter. And the space they're looking for us to take over was um, the city market which, uh, you know, was their historic um, farmer's market. And 10 years ago, they tore down the site and uh, developed it to uh, and added an 11,000 square foot uh, modern pole barn, we'll call it, for their, their market. And then also added uh, some residential. And just just the reiteration of their market didn't, didn't quite hit what they thought. And over the first eight years, just went uh, to nothing. So they had one tenant, they had to evict that last tenant. They just sat vacant for a while and they and they just put a lot of money into the riverfront right in front of it the gillespie groups just developed a ton of work around it myers just opened up that you know the, the little Meyer, small grocery you know marketplace grocery so a lot of investments going there the city's really behind it and um i just kind of fell in love with the area it's right on a river walk connects a bunch of neighborhoods um so we're going to do the lansing shuffleboard and social club so really it is a sister project to detroit shipping company in the sense that we're, we're taking the principles from DSC and we're going to apply them there, but there's already an existing building. So it won't be built out of shipping containers, but it will be about people and operators, right? We're going to bring seven food operators in there. We're going to do, we love the experience with you guys. We're going to do a podcast slash radio station and stuff. And then we're, we're doing a twist. The Detroit shipping company, we have the volleyball in the back. We're doing a twist here and we're doing shuffleboard. Nice. And, a couple really fun nights in in uh, Florida, just on a shuffleboard court with with a fruity drink for like hours, just shuffling clay clays across the little floor, and it's a great time. Very approachable for all ages. Just a real good time. Same as bocce, right? Things like that. Right. Some, something you could really just just jump into. Anyone can do it. And have a great time. So. Really excited about bringing that to Lansing. Uh, once we knew we were doing that, we really started exploring the area of Lansing. We just bought a 74-unit apartment building and, you know, doing a really nice renovation. We're adding uh, laundry in-unit, right? I just think if someone's going to live in an apartment, they need to have laundry, their own laundry. It's the, the minimum. Yeah, what a, what a novel concept, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I love Lansing. It's, it's really a good next step for me. It's an hour away. 
it's an odd, odd statement, but Lansing is an hour away from, I believe, 80% of the population of Michigan. Yeah. No, very cool. All right. Well, hey, what what haven't we touched on that, that you wanted to hit on while we had you here? I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been kind of monopolizing. Is it Bob, Randy, anything? Bueller? Uh, did you mention a time frame for uh, for Metropolitan? Metropolitan to 45-day raise. Again, we just launched it today. 100 minimum. Up, you, know, you can buy in for the debt raise. You can come in. If you're, you know, looking for a bigger piece and a long, longer haul, you can come in on equity. Um, you can go on our website and, and, and kind of email us and, and, and connect on that. Really excited about that program on the sense that it's, it's, you know, it's a piece that can recreate multiple places. It's a very lean business, right? You, you may be at most carrying four to five employees and you get a lot done. It's all about the people again, you know, very well organized and, uh, you know, educated employee staff, you, you know, you can you can hire and, and keep people around with a nice wage, make a good living. I just really like like that business model in general going forward in life. So do do you want to send people to the individual honeycomb stuff, or do you want like is there a you you keep saying website is like there is there a central website we should be pointing people at? No, well, honeycomb is a great place if you're looking for the small small okay. debt raise. If you're trying to jump in and do that, um, if you're interested in connecting with us and like looking for something larger, you know our website Detroit. Rivendevelopment.com is a great, a great space to go. There you can actually see all our projects. And, you know, we probably have about six or seven going on that we haven't even talked about. Not all that are, you can jump in on, on, on raises, but you can at least see the depth of our company. Very cool. All right. Well, I mean, if, if you guys don't have anything else, we, we can go ahead and cut you loose for the rest of the night. And we're going to sit here and talk about our dumb stuff. I just want to say, keep talking about your dumb stuff because when I do my long runs, I listen to you guys. And I, can, I can see, <laughs> I can see your, your chins jiggling when you talk. It's awesome in my mind. It really absorbs me. That's why. That's why Bob's let his beard grow out so that it, it hides all I can that. See that's, that. Barber shops cool. are closed. That's why. <laughs> He's trying to get that side hustle Santa money. That's right. <laughs> Curl this up, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, John, dude, seriously, thanks for taking the time to join us. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'm sure I'll see you down at DSC here soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Good to see you, buddy. See you. See you, bye. All right. Uh, so, I mean, do we just start with the Mandalorian or what are we doing? <laughs> I have to. Where is Python? Uh, it's a, in a galaxy far, far away. Which part of said galaxy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it in the outer rim or is it in the, yeah. Deep core, outer rim. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, well, but I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I feel like Disney's taken, it, and it's funny to watch how Disney's been doing this kind of stuff where like there's some stuff from what is now the quote unquote Legends series um, and bringing it back almost as an FU to Disney <laughs> that, okay, yeah, you, you made that non-canon. We're making it canon again. Um, but then some stuff they are tweaking and changing. True. But I feel like Tython, they just published in a book like last year or the year before. Yeah. It is canon. So feels like a weird oversight. Like there was legitimate reasons for the shorter Leku and Montrals of <laughs> Ahsoka Tano, but this one just seems like, oops. Well, and let's, this so, already an established well, place. and this is as, as phenomenal, oh, as amazing. Spoiler alert. If anybody 
hasn't seen the episode fast forward like five ten minutes yeah um you should know by now we're gonna be talking about this on monday nights um so like as as amazing as this episode was because of i mean let's be real the boba fett storyline um as amazing as that was there were a couple of like dumb things that like made me kind of like cock my head and do the sony dog thing um you know so you've got like so seriously and i've (laughs) we've been having i've had this kind of conversation with people for 40 years what good is stormtrooper armor like really like it doesn't stop blasters it apparently doesn't start doesn't stop farm implements uh so like like what the hell good does stormtrooper armor do at all because i mean they were they were showing it just like shattering and blasting off people's faces as looks cool it looks looks just not functional at all so Uh, here's one of my i'm gonna i'm gonna rant real quick on that speaking of that and this is what drives me nuts, and it's a Hollywood thing. And this is not a Mandalorian thing, but the when there's like a team of like eight to twelve people that are surrounded a guy that doesn't have a gun, and they all have guns. It always feels like they only do like one or two at a time. Yeah, take and then turns. Everybody so gets a chance. Yeah, then the guy in the back part of the circle finally gets his chance, and he takes like six steps steps up to like draw his weapon yeah no. whatever stick the guy has no like, instead of like everybody take two mother may i steps back and blast the guy right <laughs> like you, not in a circle because then they'll all do like a space balls or what i forget what, uh yeah they all shoot each other yeah 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 um but like it, it, if you watch it again i watched it like four times and like the stormtroopers have to be like the biggest dipshits in the history of the planet, like the way they. Like- well, I mean that's been constant all the way through. I, I mean that's right. they they always have been. Um, the one that, it, especially just because they made it such a plot point earlier, is so he takes his he takes the jetpack off and puts it down. Okay, fine. But then a major plot point in the earlier episode where uh, they, they laid the trap for him with the rope across the thing and he went flying and he took the jetpack off then was the cute little remote control thing that he has that makes it you know fly back to him or fly wherever he wants it to go. So as he's trying to get back to the child, why is he not using the little remote thing to bring the jetpack to him so that he gets there faster? <laughs> Or even skip the remote control and run to the jetpack and then fly to the child would still be faster than trying to climb up the yeah. side of the mountain. It's kind of like when I'm playing Call of Duty, Dave, and I got my, my I got my trusty axe in my hand, and I could just hit the Y button and pull out my gun and shoot the guy, but I want to run up and axe him. I think that's kind of you know he just wanted to do you know that was his in his mind. Didn't want to, you know yeah, maybe uh, well and I yeah I don't know I'm just saying um, and the Razor Crest is gone. Yeah, Sayonara. Like that, there's there's quite literally nothing left of that ship. I mean, let's let's I mean, let's be the Captain Obvious line here. We all thought there was going to be this showdown between like the last two episodes were going to be Boba Fett versus Mandalorian, then it was going to be like Mandalorian versus Moff Gideon, and now you have like them two tag teaming, which I thought. Like I didn't see that coming. Like you know, like I didn't expect that to be a thing. I, I honestly, I I don't know that that didn't play out pretty much exactly how I thought it would. Like I I I, I knew there would be some oh, sort I'm of because Dave's the smartest guy in the room. No, but I like I knew there would be some sort of confrontation. But I figured they would have that Mandalorian conversation. Like I I figured well, we that would know that Jango Fett was technically a foundling, and that's what kind of like all right, you're my people. Cool, we're in. Like, like we always knew, we always 
thought and heard that they took it off of a dead Mandalorian. That's where he got his armor that he wasn't a foundling. So his lineage goes back to that. So. Yeah, and I guess maybe that's where I'm conflating stuff from the extended universe and, and the legend stuff because I mean that that got explained in one of the books at some point. Um, so maybe that's no, why maybe read. that's why I was expecting it. You know, I don't read. No, I know, and, and that's, then, but that's uh, what I'm saying. Maybe that's why I was expecting it. Yeah, a bit of a spoiler, I guess. The Lego Advent Calendar shipped with the Razor Crest already destroyed. Really? That's maybe. hilarious. For some reason, they put instructions with it, but you know, By not the way, needed uh, now. I'm starting to collect uh, some action figures. I know. Um, and then the worst one just came out. It's the baby Yoda in the carriage. Uh, Grogu in the carriage. In the little hover thing? Dude, how and is that like, the worst one? But it's If you looked at it in the packaging, oh. it sucks. It's like it's at scale of like the Mandalorian figure. So it's just like this. It's uh, tiny. Oh. I mean, when I mean tiny, it's like literally it's the scale of the regular figures. And it's I think it's thirteen ninety nine on Entertainment Earth pre order. Um, if you, I mean if you want to collect it just to have it, you know, be my guest. But like, yeah, it looks stupid. Yeah, it sounds like a pass. What else between the episode? It's I feel like I gotta watch it every other day to like remember everything. Uh, it was good to have uh, to see Fennec Shand back. Yeah, uh, character played by Ming Na Wen. Um, well, and you know the dark troopers made their appearance, um, and and we had kind of talked a little bit about that last week. And they are the, the Iron Man, the Black Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. They uh, they are the robotic versions, not the cyborg well, or 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 human versions. You forget, you know, Favreau did the original Iron Man, so it's kind of like, eh, what the hell? We'll make them, you know, eh. we'll make them with the thrusters. Here's what I don't get. Oh, speaking of uh, Mandalorian's backpack, wouldn't that backpack. fry the wouldn't that fry the ever living shit out of his ass? Like, look where the thrusters are. <laughs> it's right there. He has no armor over his buttocks. It's it's it, legs. It's it's like the lightsabers, like Bob. Like what what makes the lightsaber stop? Like why 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 doesn't that light beam just go forever? Like I don't why I don't know. That burden their fingers. Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't I don't know. They're maybe, melting metal. <laughs> maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe they're very limited flames. I I got nothing. No, the jetpack like shoots right like an inch from his butt. I maybe maybe it's a it's a I don't know. It, I, I got nothing. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna email John Favreau and ask. <laughs> How come Mandalorian's butt's not burnt? Well, you know, he never answered your. You know, Lucas never answered your question about Chewbacca's penis. So maybe you'll maybe you'll get an answer for this one. That's. I never said that. <laughs> Did I? It's still in your drafts folder. <laughs> oh. No, I always sent dumb emails like the KFC. Like I asked if there were clone chickens. Um, I never asked. Oh, oh, if Chewbacca had a dog wiener, yeah. or a human wiener. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Speaking of KFC, what Dude. the hell is this Lifetime movie? Mother of God, I, I really so and I've learned more about it throughout the day. So I genuinely thought it was a spoof. Like it was just like a made up movie poster that KFC put out for this thing with uh, Mario Lopez as the colonel. And then I found the trailer for it. And and no, it's it's a real thing. But it's also only a 15 minute thing. Like it's not like it's it's not a full length movie. It It's it's like this little 15 minute spoof thing that they did which i'm still gonna watch because i think it's gonna be hilarious because just the trailer itself was amazing like it, it was just absolutely hilarious well it reminds me of the uh k-swiss kenny powers commercials oh absolutely oh like, very like, very like, much no so way, this is real and yeah like, uh, yeah that's real yeah no very very much so you're 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 dead on with that one 
Um, but no, so and and <laughs> apparently we are never going to worry about going to movie theaters again because um, everything's just going straight to HBO Max. Like that's that's basically been the vibe of the last week. You know, you got Godzilla versus King Kong, uh, you got Dune, you got The Matrix Four, you got everything from the Warner Brothers catalog. Just everything's going you, straight. To, uh, everything's going to HBO you, Max. President of AMC Theaters wrote a wrote a scathing fu note to to them to Warner Brothers. I did. I guess if he cares, I'm just saying. Yeah, like if I'm AMC, that's my content. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't play, you know, Blues Brothers, '80s nights on weekends. You know what I mean? That's like that's his livelihood, right? But if the real, but okay, but I, I guess I I look at it from the other point of view. If if you're the CEO of Warner Brothers and you know ain't nobody going to see your movies in the movie theater. But you want that distribution. I mean, dude, I'm I'm sure I am quite sure HBO Max ponied up a, a, a healthy chunk of change to make that happen. Well, we started talking about the money Netflix is ponying up. Yeah, I'm sure they are, too. I think that what the math worked out and I think I saw it like a movie might make like one hundred million dollars. I think they got like a guaranteed 30. For each of the films, thirty or forty. Well, and so yeah, I mean, one of the articles that I was reading today that said, you know, the you know they they were comparing movies and like a blockbuster in January, you know, made you know one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, the top the top grossing movie in April made like nineteen thousand dollars. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, like uh, King Kong vs Godzilla. Um, I think Netflix offered two hundred million dollars, but they're going to go to HBO Max because they have a larger reach in China. So interesting. That comes to that comes into play once again. Well, and and the the other the kind of the interesting corollary to that was the conversation around is Hulu going to get folded into Disney Plus? And honestly, like the the surprising part to me about that article is I had no like I, I don't know why I assumed Hulu was bigger than they were, but Disney Plus has twice the subscribers of, of Hulu. Because of Mandalorian? No, because then I won't be able to watch Letterkenny anymore because they're they're, they're not no they're not gonna have that on Disney. Ah, uh, so like that was part of that audiences. They might yeah. totally are. Maybe merge like put the two in a new brand under a new brand, but having. Th- darker adult things on under the Disney plus brand seems kind of not what they want to advertise. Did you see that? Um, that JPEG that I sent out the Netflix effect about the queen's gambit. No, it was going around a lot, but like, so this is the the weird thing that the Netflix effect, they called it. And this is in October queen queen's gambit debuted on Netflix, right? 62 million households have watched the show to date. Right. Okay. It's a lot, actually. More yeah. people had voted, I don't think. <laughs> um, inquiries for chess sets are up 250% on eBay. Google search queries for how to play chess is at an all time high in nine years. And the original novel, The Queen's Gambit, is now a New York Times bestseller 37 years after its release. Wow. Well. And the number of new players on chess.com is 5x. Dude, I think that's an that's a an awesome story. Like, I'm I'm glad that that's a thing, and and that it's making a thinking game like chess have a resurgence. That's just crazy that a movie would have that effect on anything, for that matter. <sighs> well, I mean, if you go, God, I remember the story, and I, I didn't do any, you know think to look any of this up, but I remember the the stories at the time about how like Karate Kid had an influence on people joining dojos 
and that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's, I guess, not that big of a surprise. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, I almost got, I almost got in the first fight in this house that we've had in, in, in ages. Uh, usually, me, me and my wife are pretty chill. We don't fight too often. And we usually have the same tastes in music and food and movies and TV. And you know what I mean? I watch wrestling when she goes to bed. Type, type, you know what I mean? We, we have a pretty big understanding. You have, well, you have balance. A movie finally came out on demand <laughs> that I had to watch front to back because I only saw clips on YouTube. And it was uh, Zero Hour. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's that movie that Airplane, the Zucker Brothers, bought and stole and added one-liners to. Well, they didn't. The I was going to say, yeah, they didn't steal it. They bought it. They bought it, but they stole the one-liners. And, man, I lasted 10 minutes watching that. That's a that's a rough. Like, they they took clips. They did not use the movie verbatim. Like, oh, dude, there's there's a reason why they only paid, like, $40,000 for the rights to it. Dude, that movie's a rough well, and and for those, and I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, so I'm, I'm sure people have heard us yak about this. But yeah, so if you take, the, if you do a, a look on YouTube uh, for zero hour in airplane, um, you can see the side by side where side by side where basically they just lifted scenes and punched it up with a one liner and just made it. But it's the it's the exact same plot. It's you know the the you know the airplane, um, you know the uh, pilot goes down. Is it the fish or the chicken? Is it this? You no, know, the, it's. The, the funniest line about it was, uh, yeah, looks like I picked the wrong way to quit smoking is an actual line. Is an actual movie. line from the movie, yeah. Um, the, the, the choices of food were like halibut or lamb. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the, the pilot was like, oh, I'll have meat. Yeah. Like he just answers, I'll have meat. We're like, wait, what's fish? <laughs> but like uh, the, the difference was Elaine, Joey was Ted Stryker and Elaine's kid. Like he was following them on the plane, like she was leaving him. Okay. So they changed that part. Yeah. Like Joey was instead just of just random. being like a random, yeah, a random passenger's like, kid. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I couldn't sitting through that thing was 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 torture. But I have to do it. I have to do it when the house is empty, so I don't get any. I don't get that evil look. <laughs> the hell! I mean, she she was fine with you watching the Porky's trilogy, but <laughs> draws well, the line. I mean, there'd be another fight in the house if we were in Belgium. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, only one. So at Belgium, the COVID Christmas rules. Apparently, only one guest can poop at at the house. Like how? How's that going to work? I don't know. Um, inviting people to celebrate in the gardens allowed if it's long as it's not more than four people. Um, and direct access to the to the garden is required. They don't have to pass through the house. Um. And then only one person is allowed to use the loo. Like per day or? Yeah, because of hygiene. Yeah, that's what it says. Russellstimes.com. This is like their paper. That that doesn't seem very practical, but okay. Right. Others are, oh, yeah. Only one person, the only person who's allowed inside, um, is is uh, the others are not allowed to grab a drink or something to eat or even use the bathroom. So if you really have to go to the toilet, there'll be nothing else to do but return home, or just squat use and poop. Toilet, yeah. and hopefully your neighbor isn't an HOA president and tells on you. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a. I've been watching these like Karen's Gone Wild videos on YouTube. That's my new favorite. You've, yeah, you mentioned. I did. I did There's yeah. One lady's kicking down the front door, and she's like, "This is an illegal party," and she like busts the screen off the door and like almost kicks the door. And the guy's like, "I got like three friends over watching the game." Like everyone's an HOA president now. With every fiber of my being. Well, and apparently just, you know, from a, a weird stories out of Europe, continuing that theme, um, I, I was not aware uh, that Germany had a giant wooden penis statue, uh, but apparently it has been stolen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the Grunten Mountain, uh, <laughs> named accordingly in Bavaria. I didn't know it was there either because I was I spent a lot of time in Bavaria. And I've never, if I would have known that there was a big wooden wiener, I would have. Well, apparently they said it. It just mysteriously. It's kind of like a monolith. Um, it it just showed up like six years ago. I think the article said. Oh, I know. There's a town um, called the one word that we can't say on the show. Um, I N G F U C K I N G. Oh yeah, in Austria. And I asked my entire family, like every which way but loose, to find this town. I looked at maps, and it's I couldn't like it wasn't there. But like, if you Google it, there's like every, every tourist in, that goes through Austria has to stop in this town. Well, yeah, and just get a picture with a road sign. Why wouldn't sign, you? Yeah. Well, and there was also stories upon stories of people stealing the sign. Of like, course, because yeah, degenerates. That's how that goes. Right. Uh, so I, dude, I gotta give. A, I don't know if you watched it or not. I gotta give a shout out uh, to. Did you catch SNL this week? Yes. No. Dude. The cold open is amazing, especially for anybody here in Michigan, um, just because it's all about Giuliani and, and the crackpots that he brought as witnesses that were just in front of the Michigan legislature. Oh, by the way, while he was COVID positive. Well, it was pretty normal, except for that one crackpot, the Victoria Jackson one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know I saw it. Like, I saw what I saw. Oh, my God. Dude, but like, the, the, uh, dude, the SNL take on her, I, I signed an after David. What? Well, David signed it, and then I signed it. It's an after David. <laughs> um, the Eminem uh, spoof was absolutely just oh, epic. I it, didn't hit play on that. Oh, dude, you absolutely should watch that. Um and then, of course, weekend update was was great again as always. I mean, that's and they and there's a great uh, there's a great skit in there about uh, twenty and thirty something year olds um, having the talk with their parents this holiday season about not coming home. Um, like so, like, it's, you know, it's a, like twenty and thirty year olds like calling their parents over Facetime or Zoom or whatever, and telling the and then, and then the guilt trips that the moms in particular are laying on them. <laughs> like, oh well, you don't love anything anymore, so you know, here's your christening gown. Nothing matters. I'll just burn this in the fireplace. <laughs> they did a they did a really good job this week. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, and and then I I forgot to shoot, but uh, today today is something of an anniversary for me. Uh, which which I, I forgot to shoot across uh, a, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away, or it, at least in 1995 in Washington D.C. Um, a, 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 a little a, a shiny happy geek got out of a really bad relationship and and hopped on the Star Wars uh, forum on CompuServe and started yakking with people, which led to the chain of events that led to me moving out here. Um, but yeah, it was 25 years ago today, actually. And they're uh, they're cheering and we're crying. It's so. it's a thing. It's yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just glad that you're not or I'm not the uh, president's uh, personal attorney because apparently when you fart uh, it becomes a article on Business Insider, dude. Um, yeah, which which was pr- which was a prominent feature in the SNL skit as well, of course. 
I didn't I did not hear said fart. Um but that was a uh, uh apparently there's oh that oh there never mind, I'm not gonna play it. There's a there's a thing on Twitter. Yeah. We got Oh yeah, I yeah. heard it there. There's between single and witness, I think yeah. he dropped a little. Uh, bit. Yeah, so that's well, and like I said, you know, and, and then apparently, you know, Giuliani was just here uh, in front of the legislature, pop positive. Um, you know, obviously, speaking of COVID, uh, you know, so the the lawsuit that the restaurants, or I should say, a group of restaurants, um, had filed to get everything rolled back uh, was defeated last week um, after we had aired, um, and then today, yeah. 12 more days, which I think we all know is not going to be just 12 more days. Yeah, 12 minimum. Uh, the, Gretsch, the Gretsch that stole Christmas. The, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, well, and, and it, it was, I felt like the, it was ter- like the audio coming out of that, th- coming out of that presser was absolutely terrible. The stream um, was really choppy for me today. It was, it was like a bad, 70s kung fu movie it was terrible um and and even like even the closed captioning had no idea what the hell to do with it um so i kind of want to go back and and read up on on some of the provisions and that kind of stuff that they were talking about but yeah i mean Apparently she made some comment about fighting this virus is like fighting nazis in world war ii which made a lot of people very happy um hearing that um <laughs> um because that's the same <laughs> um i i yeah, so I mean, here's the I mean, here's the, thing at the end of the day. It it doesn't make people happy when they're busy, like you know. And I'm talking about like the people that own like the neighborhood restaurants and the neighborhood diners and the neighborhood bars, um, with the bartenders that like you know make their livelihood. Oh, dude, like, yeah. I mean, this was you know, and then, it's, and then they're watching what's going on at Coles and Costco. Exa- and exactly, Ball, it's the golf. Yeah, and you know the Bronners line around the building to get christmas stuff like like and that's the thing like with my not my plea to people but like you can't buy that shit online like and i know ups and fedex are tapped but like i'm we're getting shit every day to the house yeah it's like you know do you i'm just um not saying i'm fed up because i think the system's fedding us up (laughs) it's well absolutely i mean dude this is this is what happens when and we've talked about this before i mean we've we have by and large very much half-assed this as a society um you know okay yeah so we're locking bars and restaurants down but there's you know crowds and lines around the corner at malls you know to buy stupid three-wick candles um you know yeah you know 9.99 though oh yeah (laughs) are you 9.99 are you out of your mind or candles are always 3.99 at aldi right Um, yeah, so I, and that's, I guess that's my issue with it. And, and I've said this a bunch of times before talking to people that to me, it's like bars and restaurants truly have a PR problem more than anything else. Cause I mean, you look at even the, the data the states put out that, I mean, with the contact tracing and all that stuff, they've only been able to track, I think it's like either 4.3 or 4.4% of, cases back to a bar and restaurant but the flip side of that is okay well with a 10 to 14 day incubation period the people that are choosing to go out and do their thing and live their lives odds are good one of the things they're choosing to do in those 10 to 14 days is go to a bar or restaurant and so when they pop positive oh yeah i was at tgi fridays oh yeah i was at that restaurant am i gonna say hey i was at my buddy's house and have them call him probably not so that's gonna, no, and you're not going to say you went to Meyer because you probably go every other day, right? You know? 
Um, yeah, there, you always think about what you do for a meal or whatever. Um, no, but that's you know, and that's the thing. That's just like the the picking and choosing. I've been I've been <coughs> this has been my common theme too since March. Like you can't single one thing out. Like you, now you're taking away liquor licenses from people, but you're allowing it to go on at Top Golf. So it's like right, dude. Like you got to be. You, you either got to You either got a yes or you got. You either got to drop the hammer or you got. Yeah. Well, I thought the the decent rule was. Okay, you can operate at whatever, like what they tried to do, the half capacity. Yep. Most do they all complied with that? That's the thing I don't get. Oh, they everyone absolutely. Oh, yeah. Everyone was good putting up either the dividers or, or making sure that every third table had you know tape on it. Yep. And, or you know, I'm sorry, every table then two tables with tape. So yeah, mean, dude. I mean, every everybody was spacing stuff out. I mean, and that was you know part of the stuff with you know DSC. You know they got that giant ten outside. You know, yeah, they have. They've gone from a six hundred capacity to one hundred and twenty people. You know, out underneath a giant tent in the back parking lot. You got to bring the inside outside, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but so now, that you can't even you can't even do that now. You got to sit. Now this is the funniest argument. I was watching. Like now you got to sit in an effing igloo with no ventilation. Yeah, those dude. That I really so and which is the weird thing to me because like so the big tent that they have out back in the back parking lot qualifies as outdoor seating the tent they have in the indoor courtyard they were told does not qualify as indoor seating because even with the sides off the tent technically speaking it is surrounded by the four walls of the actual shipping company itself and so therefore it is still enclosed seating well like my my thing is if you got to go to an igloo there's like 25 bars apparently that have them like just go get a 12 and go sit on your porch. You know what I mean? Well, and they want, you, you know, the neighbors. Oh, yeah. A lot of those places want, you know, a, a $250 minimum. They yeah. want, you know, that for those. And I mean, because those things weren't cheap. No, man. dude, they're 10 to 15 grand a piece. Wow. Like, yeah. And then you sit in them with no ventilation, which completely defeats the purpose. Who the hell said that was okay? Oh, well, exactly. Because, yeah, then you're in something that's completely enclosed. What the hell? Yeah. I. Right. I'm done. I don't want to talk about this. Anymore. Yeah, apparently I'm, I'm guessing the igloo manufacturers are, are a huge lobbying organization. That's that's my guess. Um, so whenever we can, you taking a trip to Japan? Dude, that, <laughs> I would take it. I always said after going to Japan, what, how many times did I go? Three or four times that I would never go back. Like I would never pay money to go. Um, I would go for this. Dude, this Nintendo World thing looks really effing sweet. Like it really, really does. Like the the yeah, Mario Kart racetrack alone. Just to go on the Mario yeah. Kart ride, too. Like just for that, I would drive. I would fly there just for that. I would drive there for that too. Um. Yeah, and then apparently they're doing like virtual coins. Like it yep. looks, it looks so good. Like, but here's the thing: it's at Universal. That shit's coming to Florida and uh, in California. You know this. One would hope so. Yeah. Right. Like. They're going to try this out. I mean, because Japan, obviously, but you know, I think Nintendo's just as big of a thing as it is here, here as it is there. So yeah, I, I, I see this thing. I see this thing coming here in four or five years. Oh, dude, just from a, a like retro for nerds like us perspective, it'd be amazing. <laughs> no, all day. Dude, just I hated Harry Potter. Not hated Harry Potter. I just never. I, never I read w- books. didn't I never care. It. Yeah, it never thing. It wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Um, that Harry Potter land at Universal. It's got to be the coolest thing. Yeah. And the fact that you don't know that it's there and you have to like cut behind this wall without signs and then all of a sudden it opens up and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. 
Like that's the coolest part because they like built it like it's hidden. It's a giant speakeasy. Ooh. It's pretty much yeah. Butterbeer sucks. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry. The most ironic thing, uh, <laughs> the most ironic story that came out. I love. There was a swingers convention in New Orleans uh, a couple weeks ago, and 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 the swingers convention has become a super spreader event. <laughs> See, now that doesn't make any sense either. If you went to a swingers convention and you caught the Rona, and then the health department, I think they call you, right, or whatever. whatever right. They, are you going to say I went to a swingers convention? I think there's, that smells like bullshit. Uh, so apparently they are up to, I think it's either 64 or 65 confirmed cases, uh, including a couple people in really serious dire straits. Um, so, uh, yeah, I apparently that's a thing. They didn't go to the 17 bars. Like, you know, or right. they didn't go to the... No, was, again, that's why this crap. It's this this event led to that, and then Sturgis led to a quarter million people. But then <laughs> all of this, you know, sharing champagne for Joe Biden's victory. Like, no, no, yeah, and and, and and the candle purchasing had not as will have no lasting repercussion. No, well, it's good, good, clean, healthy stuff. Well, so and, and honestly, like that's one of the scary. Like I was yakking with Fred a little bit earlier. Um, like apparently the spikes and stuff that we're seeing now are a result of whatever happened around Halloween. Uh, like we haven't even started to see like spikes or raises in numbers from Thanksgiving. Like everybody was talking about last week and we won't for another, you know, couple weeks. Aren't those people sick and done with it already or sick in the hospital with it already from Thanksgiving? No, yeah, dude, it's, that's just a week and a half ago, dude. Oh, feels like a, two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Quarantine. <laughs> um, and one of the things I'm angry with, I never really collected all the things I collected in my life were the stuff that was never worth shit. Like all the, the years I collected baseball cards was like the most printed things ever. Right. Like I never collected like I think I had like two packs of Star Wars cards. Like I never really, you know, but like I never collected po- Pokemon was another thing never on my radar. Uh. Um, and apparently there's a 20 year old Pokemon card. That's going for a half a million dollars. It's the uh, so it's Pokemon it's base. actually going for it, or it's that's what they're asking going for in, it. It's going up when they usually say it's going for an auction. That's usually what they sell for. Oh, they're pretty accurate. It's the base first edition number four Charizard trading card. I wonder if I have um, one of these. What's that? I don't, I don't know where my Pokemon cards are. I had these in high school. Your mom threw them away, Randy, just like everybody no, else. I think they're in a box up in the garage somewhere. Yeah, apparently this. I mean, this 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 uh, house is doing like the fifty-two tops Mickey Mantle rookie card. I mean, here's the thing: we talked about this what like a month ago. It could have been last week. I don't know for whatever time <laughs> it makes no sense to me anymore. Um, that like baseball cards are coming back, so like I'm keeping an eye now on like right. the stuff that I have. That's like here, but the problem is now I got to send it to I got to send it to get it get it graded and yeah. So like I'm looking for any card that I have that's fifty that's fifty bucks, but then I'm looking on eBay like my like Barry Sanders I have every rookie card that was ever printed of Barry Sanders right, um, the you know they're worth like fifty bucks and but there's like a gajillion of them being sold, so like are they they're not selling for fifty bucks you know what I mean right, um well and I guess just doubling back on the bars and restaurants thing I, I loved this article that you shot across um, and we talked about it last week uh, the autonomous zone uh, that some bar owner tried to set up in New York um, yeah he's been arrested 
that guy's going to run for politics. He had like a press. Con- oh, he absolutely is going to. Um, but I just I I I, like, I I didn't understand. Like apparently they're uh, they have different color coded zones. Um, and 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 apparently his business is in the orange zone. <laughs> no, he painted an orange autonomous zone in front on the on the on the. No, no, no. Apparently there are delineations of the boroughs that are, or the neighborhoods about when you can be open and how many people you can have that are color-coded. Oh, but yeah, arresting him. They, oh, yeah, despite being an orange zone, forbids indoor dining. Yeah, yeah. Um, the orange zone is for loading and unloading of passengers only. There yeah, is no they, parking um, in the orange zone. Stripped of his liquor license. I mean, that you know, again, that's the stuff that pisses people off. And now they got protesters all out there all day. Yep. You know, and because and now you've turned him into a martyr, and and now it's going to become a cause. Yeah, and the the quote in there that I've been saying this whole time: one of the protests is you don't selective enforce. You have all these big big box big box businesses that are wide open making a billion dollars. You know, because like yeah, all the Amazon and Home Go Depot, to, they're all the stocks all up through the roof. You can walk into a Best Buy, you can walk into a Lowe's, you can walk into a yeah, but you can't walk into a bar. No, but there, and there's a line. Yep. And I heard some someone online said, "Well, they have high ceilings, so it's okay. It's different." Dude, I, I got into a conversation with uh, Jackie that owns, uh, you know, Stray Cat Lounge, and I was just going back and forth with her. And it, like, you think of any place, like I don't remember, like the HVAC system that she has in there is ridiculous. Like, you can be sitting next to somebody smoking a cigar and never know it. She's probably got medical grade air. Exactly. And she can't be open, which I'm like, I'm like, how are you not able to get somebody in there and get a variance? Like, that's ridiculous to me because of, of, like I said, of any place, you would think that would be the one because of all the money they sank into that stuff. Well, yeah, that, and that's the thing. You could sit in an igloo with no ventilation. I mean, is that the whole point of this thing is is moving the plumes? Right. Keeping keeping the germs a moving. Um, anyone knows how this thing's transmitted? To be honest, it's changed seventeen times. <laughs> used to be used to used to sit on surfaces. That's what someone else was bitching about. Like I can go to Meyer right now, watch some old lady finger bang half the oranges on the on the thing, and then put them back, and then but that's okay. But I can't I can't have a drink at at Muldoon. Uh, no. Yeah, it's true though. Like you know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah, did I? Yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I, yeah, you're you're not getting any arguments out of me on on that front at all. And I don't know why this this is news, but I think this is brilliant. And, and screw this guy for, um, I guess his his wife. And what kind of marriage are you in where your wife you have to lie to your wife about buying a PS5? At this point in our lives, like everyone's just like, babe, I'm buying a PS5. Like, okay, whatever. You know? Right. Um, apparently, as long as we're good, cool. He lied and said it was an air purifier. Which is hilarious. Like, I loved the side-by-side photo. Like, it actually it looks, looks like an air purifier. Right. <laughs> he told the difference and then sold the gaming console out from under, you know. Yeah. And that's another thing. You come home and you're like, where's my PS5? I sold it for 1500 bucks, 3X, you know, what you paid for it. I'm like, we did kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> bought two games. I invited friends over Saturday. Like, <laughs> Well, and and why you, didn't he tell her it was something else, like important, like a new Wi-Fi router or something? Yeah, because I mean, it kind of looks like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and by the way, I'm gonna. This could be the recurring theme. Walmart online shopping sucks. Okay. I had a, I had a <laughs> Xbox Series online X in the. I had one in sucks. the cart. I had one in the cart, and then uh, it's a and it's gone. <laughs> And, no, and like error, error. <laughs> I mean, Walmart, it's like the biggest retailer in the planet. They can't have a 
They can't load. Uh, well, no. So n- test their fucking website. Well, no, dude. I mean, that's that's so that's inventory. I mean, that's so what what you're seeing. And I was I was talking with somebody about this the other day online. Um, they were like, "What the hell is a waiting room to get in line to an online store?" And I was like, "And that's that." I'm like, "Well, that's how a lot of places are trying to inventory control with high demand items no, now." They, it broke four times. They said they're going to sell them at like 10 p.m. on Friday. Yeah. So I got on 10 p.m. Friday. I'm doing the control refresh, kind of like trying to buy tickets for you too, right? Yeah, we're getting a Secretary of State appointment. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, Which, oh I my do. God, shout out a, fr- a friend of ours that we know that's come to Comic Con with us before, um, moved down to Tennessee, and she was like, "I got to get my license renewed, and I can't find a listing for Secretary of State. Where the hell do I go?" And I was like, DMV. "Okay, that's only in Michigan. Everywhere else, it's a DMV, <laughs> Department of Motor Vehicle." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah, I could imagine her going to the gas station. Where's the Secretary of State? Right. What? Um, and you had oh, lightly, you had lightly touched on this, but so apparently UPS and FedEx are telling places, "Hey, we're done. Like, we're not picking up from you on Tuesdays anymore because you're you're shipping too many damn packages and you're stressing out our drivers. So screw you. Your shit's waiting." Is that what you do? I mean, I, but then again, they probably have a capacity. And if you're a restaurant and you can't serve any more people, you got to stay in line. Yeah. $10.8 billion spent on Cyber Monday and $9 billion spent on Black Friday. Ah, that's a lot of shit. That probably half of which nobody needs. <laughs> nobody needs any of this stuff. What do you think? Everyone's redoing their house because no, you're staring at it four walls. Everybody's getting divorced. Everybody's redoing their deck. Everybody's buying furniture. <laughs> scared of the walls going. Eric, Eric Thomas the other day posted. He's like, dude. He's like, y'all got to find new hobbies. He's like, I got too many people that are on my Facebook feed, <laughs> popping pregnant all of a sudden. Like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, Eric, we can't even get people to wear masks. You think they're wearing condoms? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Everyone wears masks. Nobody, dude. Who isn't? Where have you seen someone that didn't have one on? Dude, come over. Come over to Macomb County. Come over. Come on over. I I grew up there. I'm good, dude. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm gonna say every other time I've stopped into either the Seven Eleven at the corner or the gas station, I'm very much in the minority wearing a mask. If I seen. If I can count on one, I haven't seen an out here just whatever doing what I'm doing. Like I, I go to basically I go to physical therapy and you know I was going to the office. Um, I haven't counted on one hand. You know the, all the lunch places I went for lunch during that stretch, maybe one hand for many people's I counted that didn't have one on or, you know, no, it's under their nose or wearing them under their chin. Well, but this is why Macomb is almost at twenty percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a thing. Um. Oh, we were talking about TV shows. Um, I, I'm excited about this because I, I remembered what a great show it was, and so I just went back and watched the first two seasons again. Um, The Orville season three uh, has has started shooting again, which is great. Thank God. I was actually I was actually going to ask if you'd watched it. No, it was great. I was mad about the second season because I think they took too much criticism. There's too many Family Guy jokes in the first season, so the second season was serious. Well, so I I saw an interview with him, and he said that was actually intentional. Like, he knew that he wasn't going to get a second season greenlit unless he did the family guy, like, yuck, yuck stuff. But, like, the second season was what he actually really wanted it to be. 
Give me, well, give me something. Just give me one. I mean, there's still. You know, I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I it all day. Yeah. It was, it was. I thought it was quite brilliant. To be honest with you, I thought it was great. It was well written. It was. It was good. Um, oh yeah. That's why, that's why this first Mandalorian episode I hated because that blue fish guy. I thought he should be on the Orville, not on the Mandalorian. Who it took me until the second time watching it through to realize that was Rob Lowe in in the Orville. Rob, Rob Lowe or Rob Schneider? No, that was Rob Lowe in the Orville. Which one? The blue guy, the Retepsian that the wife sleeps with. Oh. That's Rob oh, Lowe. Yeah. That was, yeah, oh yeah, I totally remember it was Rob Lowe. Yeah, that she cheated on him with the Yeah, I, I I guess I just missed that the first time through that that was Rob Lowe. Yeah, and the blob is Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah. no, that I knew. Yeah, the people with the like the ridiculously recognizable voices, that I knew. Yeah. Um so going to send your are going to send your uh your your Tozoa to the moon? No. Fly me to the moon. No, it's not going to happen now. Tozoa. <laughs> I was I was using the chow the uh, you know that one. You know, <laughs> I was doing that to uh, whoever put posted the the message. Like, send your DNA to the moon. I think this is as dumb as buy a star. Because what is your DNA going to do on the moon? Um, Die. You, you get like a. What do you poop in it, or you? It's ninety nine bucks, and you get a you get a personalized mission certificate. So it's like buying a star. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Is is this how Elon Musk is crowdfunding? Oh, no, no, no. Here's the connect as a family. Want your family to always feel connected. Imagine seeing the moon and knowing you're all there together, and knowing that your family's DNA was intermingling. No, that's Kentucky. That's that. No, your DNA gets preserved in an artificial amber in a capsule on the moon lander, and then they stay on the moon forever. That's bullshit because we never landed on the moon anyway. Why are they, they going to land now? I know you are. Um, but so uh, speaking of the moon, um, are, are, have we figured out which like what's the marketing stunt behind the monolith? Like there ha- it has to be a movie. It has to be a TV show. It has to be something because, you know, so it was in Utah. And now we've, you know, the photos came out of guys breaking it down. So no, it's not aliens. And then it showed, you know, but then it was in Romania a day later. Now it's in California. Again, deer cam. Who doesn't? Yeah. But like, who's like, it's got to be like, is like, I don't know. Are they re-releasing new Coke? Are they? (laughs) The year is almost over. So I'm waiting for like something to tie the monoliths and the killer hornets and the everything together into one super story that we had clues if we could have just seen it we would have been prepared for it but i my did my first thought was it was actually the monolith from 2001 just because the earth is done with humans and they were going to start you know dealing with the uh the little monkeys that have entered the stone age because uh, <laughs> it's okay, okay people are done time to get the next crop up no, I just I saw a thing. It was a base for a Jumana Kairu's billboard. <laughs> we posted that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I laughed at something you posted, so yeah, at least take you know. It had to happen. Um, well, it, uh, so hey, I, I I guess we talked about it last week. Have you uh, have you hit up that Lantern app <laughs> yet for your for your weed home delivery? <laughs> I was gonna get some gummies because <laughs> apparently the uh, the House has now passed uh, decriminalization of weed. 
Um, so, I mean, it still has to work its way through, and that's a thing. But, I mean, that's the first time the House has ever passed anything like this. I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie. I I could not be more shocked. Well, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, this has been the conversation that has been around the either medical or recreational marijuana industry this whole time is, okay, great. Yeah, your state can legalize it all they want to. It's still a Schedule One substance, according to the feds. And so if the DEA comes in and kicks down your door, it's still federally illegal. You still can't deposit your cash in a bank because, well, that's traced back through the FDIC and all that crap, and you can't justify your deposits. So, I mean, it's like this is kind of monumental that this is happening now. Well, not only that, dude, and you're, what's the um, what's the side effect to this? Because you've got a lot of people um, in prison that have been there a lot, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, some people almost 20 years. Um, yeah, you're looking at a lot of expungements and a lot of court cases. That's what I'm talking about. Like. You can't make this illegal, and then, you know, you got Billy Joe Jim Bob in jail for 10 years for growing. Um, you kind of got to get rid of that? Does it work like that? I don't know how that shit works. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. Actually, it'd be a good question to look back and see how it worked around Prohibition. Um, you know, when they repealed Prohibition, did everybody just have a clean slate? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're felons. Yeah. Are you not felons now? Interesting. I, I kind of want to. I'm going to go back and take a look at that. I'm curious about that. I mean, part of me wants to say yeah because it was a felony when you did it, you know. But like, you should be afforded the like every break imaginable. Right. Well, and there was an interesting case that I guess just speaking of that with you know felons and rights and that kind of thing. There was an interesting case, I guess, working its way through up to the Supreme Court where um, uh, I forget what it was. It was like an embezzlement case or something like that, but the dollar amount was high enough that it was a felony, um, and a uh, lady was denied the ability to buy a gun uh, because felons can't own guns. And so now there's this whole push where, well, if it's a nonviolent offense, even if it's a felony, shouldn't they still be allowed to own guns? So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the last thing we had that I absolutely love uh, is that apparently there are mega churches in California that are reclassifying themselves as strip clubs in order to be open. <laughs> Why not? Well, strip clubs aren't open. Uh, but apparently in California, if you are a strip club, you could be open. But if you're a church, you cannot be. Oh, by the way, that guy, there's some... Uh... That that governor's a butthole, like a grade A. California? Yeah. Why so? The, the, here's the thing, the like the the browbeating that goes on from some of these politicians that are like, Oh, I'm gonna tell you to stay home during Thanksgiving while I'm in my villa in Mexico. Right. Um, I'm gonna tell you not to do shit while I go out to dinner with fifteen people. I'm you know, you know, don't you know it's it's Yeah, this is not the know, time to be playing the do as I say, not as I do bullshit. It's yeah, the rules for the not for me. Right. That like I think there's like six or seven pretty high profile politics. And here's the thing. It goes for you, Mr. Facebook person. Um, if you browbeat, then you can't see you can't slip up. Like you I got way too many people that I know that are like have been browbeating this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't do that, don't do this. Like you know, but then I, I see you doing something. It's like, ah, you, you know, yeah, like, you, you know, you, you brand yourself when you do that shit. And then when you slip up, you're you, you just brand rebranded yourself as a, a, 
a hypocrite. That's H I P P O. A hypocrite. <laughs> um, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. Uh, I shot the story over. Probably a little too late for the show, but uh, are you ready to join the Galactic Federation? Wait, what? What? <laughs> the former Israeli space security chief says that aliens exist, but humanity is not ready for them. We're not. The, the Galactic Federation has supposedly been in contact with Israel and the U.S. for years, but are keeping themselves a secret to prevent hysteria until humanity is ready. Well, yeah, I mean, imagine. Have you seen how we've reacted during this shit? Can you imagine if that was actually a thing? <laughs> Could you imagine? The run on toilet paper. If a space shot, a spaceship was like hovering over Manhattan right now, like they, you wouldn't be able to get TP for six months. You'd have to you'd have to wash your ass with the hose in the backyard. There no. is a uh, secret underground base on Mars where there are American and alien representatives. My favorite meme these days have been the pictures from Mars, and it's this high def eight K picture, and it's like picture of the robber at the gas station. It's just like playboy 1979 pixelated TV. right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah do you I mean, you you heard didn't uh didn't obama come out and say like i remember that like oh if there's classified docs i'm gonna and he was kind of joking about it you know that i'll i'm gonna release um, oh, i remember that yeah 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 and then actually found them and said he wasn't going to and then would no yeah. people people are not had, ready for this shit no he 14 guns to his head from the men in black <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the reasons why they always look so much older coming out of office than they did going in. Did you ever see that weird video about those two guys that look like men in black that didn't have like eyebrows and shit? And they were like, they went into an office building. Look up. God, I'm trying to think what what it would be under. I went down this wormhole of watching weird videos like of like creatures caught on like deer cams and in security cameras. And it's these two guys that walk into this building and apparently they, they go to talk to somebody. And it's basically they use the, the pen to erase their memory. The neuralizer. But when you look at these guys' faces, dude, it's it's like, if I find it, I'll text it to you both. Um, I think I found it like, on BuzzFeed, but a lot of the images are no longer available. Uh, of the two guys that walked in, the two men in black guys. Yeah. Oh, but there is a YouTube video. Yeah. yeah creepy like real life men in black. Shoot it across. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious. One. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tweeting this. <laughs> all right. That's sweet. <laughs> it, it's, it's all real to me, damn it. Uh, true. Yeah. Except for the moon landing. Except for the moon landing. <laughs> they warned us. Did you did you see that? Buzz Aldrin, they like uh, they got a warning. Don't go on the dark side of the moon. And it wasn't Pink Floyd album playing with <laughs> It was the Transformers. Yes. It was exactly. That's why they did the Transformers. Because of that. All right. We're gonna wrap things up for episode three seventy seven of the IT and the D show. I'd like to thank uh John Don't Call Me Gus Hartzell the Trade Shipping Co. Uh congrats on all these uh new projects that are in this crazy ass time. Um on behalf of uh, Bob, Dave, and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Eat it. See you guys. <laughs>